Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 19. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Ephesians chapter 2, you know the verse in verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. That's how you obtain salvation. No one is good enough to go to heaven. And the only way to go to heaven is by taking the hand of Jesus as a little child and humbly walk into heaven with Jesus. Amen, saints? That's the only way to get there. This man didn't understand that. He was ignorant to how a person is saved. And then he was also ignorant, did you notice this from the text, as to who Jesus is. Notice that Jesus seeks to cool his self-made jets. He said to Jesus, good teacher. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You see, now there are some people who will tell you, and they'll use this text, and they'll say, you see, Jesus is telling the man that he is not God because there is only one that is good, and that is God. That's what people will tell you. They'll take you, the cults will take you to this verse and point it out to you. Jesus himself said he wasn't God. That's what they will tell you. That is not what he is saying. Jesus wasn't denying that he was God. Rather, get this, he was affirming it. Affirming it? Absolutely. Jesus is reasoning with the man and he's saying, listen, if one is good except God, if no one is good except God, then how in the world do you expect to be good enough? And then while we're on the subject, are you calling me good because you're trying to flatter me or are you calling me good because the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to who I really am? You see, Jesus is saying the reason you're calling me good is because I am God. Jesus was simply trying to get him to stop and think. Do you realize who you're talking to? And trying to awaken this guy spiritually to who Jesus is. Isn't it interesting? Two common areas that people are ignorant to today. Number one, how you get to heaven. Number two, who Jesus is. Not new in the sun. People are still ignorant to that. Question, do you know who Jesus is? Can I tell you? Of course I will. Jesus, the Bible is clear. Of course I'm going to tell you. Jesus, the Bible is clear, is the second person of the Godhead. He is eternal. He is divine. He is equal with the Father and the Holy Spirit. When the babe was born in the manger, he was God manifested in the flesh. He lived perfectly. He lived a perfect, sinless, holy life. Jesus never said a bad word. He never had an evil thought. Jesus never woke up cranky. He never got angry on the freeway and waved one finger at people. Never. 
Never did that. He was perfect. And this same Jesus went to the cross and he died and he was buried and he rose again. And now he's in heaven. And it's this same God who is going to come again someday. And in order to get to heaven, you've got to realize that you can't get there on your own goodness. There is only one person that can get you there. And that is the God man, Jesus Christ. Do you know who Jesus is? You need to know. Well, here's a third area this man was ignorant of. He was ignorant of the purpose of the law. Look at verse 17 again in your Bibles. Jesus said, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. And the man said arrogantly, which one? This is over my head, y'all. He's standing there talking to God. He's standing there talking to the one who can damn your soul to hell. Or who can give you entrance into heaven? And, 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 and he says, which one? Kind of arrogantly. Well, Jesus says, okay, I'll name some. The sixth commandment, don't murder. The seventh, don't commit adultery. The eighth, don't steal. The ninth, don't lie. And back to the fifth, honor your mother and father, which is the one I love the most. And Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Did you see that? And that's not part of the Decalogue. Or the Ten Commandments, but he added it. In other words, Jesus is pointing out, hey, if you've got a lot of money, here's the point. If you've got a lot of money, you've got a lot of riches, you've got a lot of possessions, then you, and you don't share it with others who are in need, then you aren't loving your neighbor as yourself. And then notice in verse 20, the man is still not getting it. He said, I've done all this all of my life. I mean, you get to see, Jesus is like... Listing all these commandments, the sixth, and the man is kind of standing there, arrogantly, done that, the seventh, done that, the eighth, done that, the ninth, done that too, the fifth, well, most of the time, done that. He just, you know, he just got almost, I get the impression the man is like standing there picking his teeth or something, you know, he's like, yeah, mm, done that, yeah, 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 blah, 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 no problem, done that, done that. Now, 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 now Jesus, that's kind of reading the white space, okay, but, 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 that, but that's Jesus, Jesus isn't suggesting that the man keep the law and that he could be saved. What Jesus is doing is using the law to point out the man's sin and that he needs a savior. So the man is ignorant to the purpose of the law. And then he's also, number four, he's ignorant of the fact that God must have priority and preeminence over your life. This man is looking for some grand, remember, some grand, glorious, stupendous thing he can do to get into heaven. And then in verse 21 and 22, Jesus said, hey, go sell everything you have. You want something grand? You want something stupendous? You want something glorious that you can do? Now, Jesus gets to the heart of the matter. Remember, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And Jesus is getting to the heart of the matter. He says, you want something stupendous? Grand? He says, Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasures in heaven. And the man said, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> you mean sell my Lexus? Sell my house? Sell my stocks? Sell my bonds? No more Nordstrom's? How can I live? And the Bible says he drove away in his drop-top chariot. Sorrowful. Now remember, remember, Jesus is getting to the heart. Jesus isn't really asking this man to sell everything he has. This is not the point. 
And Jesus is not telling us that we need to sell everything we have. Now, the cults will tell you that. There are many cults that will tell you you need to sell everything you have. And there's some churches that will tell you the same thing. You got to sell everything you have and give it to us. That's what they'll tell you, the cults especially. You know, my question is, well, who are you going to give everything you have to? I say give it to me. Amen. That's Rodney with an R-O-D-N-E. Give it to me. Who are you going to give everything to? And they use this text. See, this is what Jesus is saying. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is simply talking about, saints, the priority of life. Jesus is saying, listen, you have, if you have everything and you lack the full surrender of your heart to God, then you have nothing. That's the point. You see, this man was concerned to keep the commandments, but more concerned to keep his money. He had a bent knee, but he would not bend his will. He bowed his head, but he wouldn't bow his heart. He yielded obeisance, but refused obedience. He wanted heavenly treasures, but he couldn't give up earthly possessions. He knew what he needed, but he would not forgo what he wanted. Jesus called him to sacrifice the present for the future, but he sacrificed the future for the present. And so many people do the same thing today. Question, where is your priority? Where's your priority? Now, I don't care if you're 8 or 80. I'll tell you something. Jesus has to be wants to be, and if you're going to be happy in this life, he's going to have to be your priority and the preeminence of your life. You understand? And that's why so many people are so empty and so, feel so empty and futile because Jesus is not priority in their life. And many Christians, unfortunately, feel the same way. That Jesus, and see, Jesus is not first. You let the world crowd out your thinking i got to do a sermon on not being conformed to this world because I just keep going over this in my head. Because it's crowding out your, your thinking. Christian, listen. The things that you think are important are not. They are not. The thing that is important is God's word, is loving Jesus, is serving the Lord, and serving God's people. The things that are important are investing in the kingdom. And I'm not just talking about money, although it includes that. But I'm talking about everything you have. Jesus is not just talking about a check. He's talking about your possessions. What's that? That's everything. You see, folks get all caught up on money. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Because here's the reality. You know what? If Jesus can have your heart and get you to understand that he wants your heart and priority and preeminence in your life, getting your wallet ain't no big deal. <laughs> Say amen, saints. <laughs> Y'all you know, like, well, now he's going to have to struggle with me a little bit because I'm, I'm hoping on, I got a grip on my wallet. Well, that's okay. You keep a grip on your wallet. Because you know what? He needs to get a grip on your heart. If he gets a grip on your wallet, you'd be like, oh, Lord, I wish I had more. Here, take this, Jesus. Take that. Hey, some missionaries are in town. Let them stay with me. Yeah, I'll take care of them the whole time they're here. Lord, whatever I have. Somebody needs my coat here, take it. Somebody needs my cool stuff, take it. Somebody needs my car, use it. You see, this is what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about money. That's kind of not the point. It's bigger than that. You understand? 
He's trying to get to the man's heart. He's got to be the priority in your life. Well, these next two sections, I absolutely intended to be very brief on them. Notice the second, the second point or second uh, point in our outline. The danger of riches. The danger of riches. Look in verse 23 through 30 and then we'll come back and have some comments. We'll talk about the danger of, uh, of riches and the disciples' reward. We'll talk about it in just a second. Look at verse 23 in Matthew chapter 19. If you're there, say amen. Well, Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it's hard for a rich man. And no, he didn't say it was impossible. You know, rich folks get a bad rap. They, they really do. Well, you got money. You can't go to heaven. You know, you love money more than you love Jesus. Well, you know what? Leave the rich people alone. But, but notice now, he didn't say it was impossible for rich people to go to heaven. He said it's hard. And we'll talk about it in a minute. For a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were greatly freaked out. They were astonished and they said, well, then who can go to heaven? Who can be saved? But Jesus looked at them, the disciples, and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, what saints? All things are possible. Well, then Peter, the spokesman for the disciples. I love Peter. Open mouth, insert foot. Peter answered and he said to him, see, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. Not like that rich guy he left in his drop top chariot, sorrowful. But that's not us, Jesus. We left everything to follow you. Therefore, what are we going to get? Don't you love Peter? Peter like kids. Well, what about me? Well, I'm again. Where's my stuff? So Jesus said to him in verse 28, Assuredly, I say to you that in the generation when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his kingdom. Remember, he's talking about the future in the millennial reign of Christ. You will, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last shall be first. The danger of riches. As the rich young ruler turned and walked away, I bet you the disciples are probably thinking, Jesus, you just let the guy who could finance the kingdom walk away. What were you thinking? Man, this guy could fund the whole Jesus movement. What are you thinking? And they were freaked out. He was, they were astonished. And Jesus saw a very teachable moment. And he turned and he said to them, fellas, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, just in short, I've heard a lot of speculation as it relates to this camel going through the eye of the needle. And some people have said there's a gate in Jerusalem called the eye of the needle. And that, the, that a camel could only get through this gate if all bags were removed and then the camel could squeeze through. This is a very, very common understanding as it relates to this text. Let me just tell you that that that, that is just not true. I mean, honestly, I've been to Israel several times now, 
And that's just, I've never seen this, absolutely never. And it's not true. It's unhistorical. Not only that, but the concept of it, we don't have time to deal with it, but the concept of it is unbiblical and it's bad theology. It's bad theology. Jesus is simply, get this, he's joking around. This is what is called hyperbole. It's just funny. Jesus, see, Jesus liked to joke around. That's what folks come in at Calvary Chapel and go, you laugh in church? You actually laugh? You have a good time in church? How dare you have a good time in church? It's like, well, Jesus had a good time in church. I mean, what's the problem? Jesus, like, people think Jesus was, like, all sad and sucking on lemons, like, this whole ministry. And, and he wasn't. Jesus liked to joke around and have a good time and go to parties and eat and do fun stuff. And here he's just joking around. He's using hyperbole. This is a funny thing. It's a funny illustration to point out the impossibility of trusting in riches to get to heaven. It's not difficult. It's impossible. You see, he's not saying it's difficult. He's saying it's impossible. In other words, man cannot save himself. Salvation from a human standpoint is impossible. Salvation is a miracle from God. A miracle from God. God has no problem with rich people. God loves rich people, as I said. There were plenty of rich people in the Bible. Did you know that? Abraham was rich and he was saved. David was rich and he was saved. Joseph, or pardon me, uh, Joseph was wealthy, absolutely. Uh, Job, I wanted to mention, Job was very wealthy and he was saved. Zacchaeus, remember him, the tax collector? After he got saved, the Bible says he gave half his money to the kingdom and to the poor. Now, then that's a miracle from God. I mean, anytime you can get a Jewish tax collector to give half their money away, this is a work of God. See, so God has no problem with rich people. Now, let me give you three quick dangers of riches. Number one, riches can encourage false independence. Here's the problem. It, riches can encourage false independence. Revelation chapter 3 verse 17, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and I have need of nothing. And do, don't you know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked? You see, people think you know, I got money, I got my medical insurance, I got my portfolio, I have need of nothing. People think that. And Jesus says, I hate to tell you, no, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, blind and naked. Jesus is saying, you need what money can't buy. You see, there's nothing wrong with having what money can buy if you already have what money can't buy. Say amen if you got the first part of that. Okay. So there's a danger of being falsely dependent on self as it relates to riches. And then point number two, riches have the danger of getting your heart chained to the earth. What do you mean? Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6.19-20, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. You see, riches have the danger of getting your heart chained to the earth. And then riches have the danger of making a man greedy and selfish. The danger of wanting more. The love of money. 
1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And then in 1 Timothy 6, 6 and 8 through 8, now godliness with contentment is great gain, for you brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that you can carry nothing out. In other words, you came in the world naked, some old folks say naked. Came in the world naked. And that same way you're going out. The point is with nothing. You can't take it with you. Someone once said, you never saw a hearse pulling a U-Haul. It is true. It really is. And then our third and final point. The disciples' reward in verses 27 through 30, we just read it. Peter said, Lord, what about us? We're not like the rich man. We did leave everything to follow you. What do we get? And Jesus' paraphrase here says, I acknowledge what you guys gave up to follow me. And anyone who does what you did will be blessed a hundred times over. And everyone that follows me will share in my victory. Jesus is saying, if you sacrifice for me in this age, you'll receive more than you give up. In other words, listen, you can't outgive God. Amen, saints? You cannot. God will never owe you anything. God is not a debtor to any man. And no matter what you give and how much you give, whether it's of yourself, of your possessions, or of your money, you cannot ever outgive God. Anyone who devotes their life to following Jesus is going to be blessed beyond their wildest dreams in this life and the life to come. Hey, on a personal note, I'll tell you, I've been a Christian for half my life now. I thought about that. So I'm 22. Do the math. I'm 29. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I've been a Christian for 22 years, and, and now half my life I have been a Christian. And can I tell you something? The second half of my life has been better than the first half. The second half has been better. I have never, ever regretted. I was sitting there thinking about this last night. Not one day have I ever regretted giving my life to Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? I have never Not for one day. Have I fallen? Yes. Have I stumbled? Yes. Have I suffered as a result of falling and stumbling? Yes. But can I look back and say that that was God and I regret it? I shouldn't have become a Christian ever since I became a Christian. My life has been messed up. People have told me that. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Your life was nothing prior to Christ. And when you gave your life to Christ, he made you better. And I don't care if you don't see it. Now, you'll see it later. And let me tell you, if you never see it in this life, when you stand before him in judgment, you'll see it then. Your life is better. And don't you ever let Satan tell you anything different. You are better off being a Christian. And you will never, ever, ever regret it.
And you'll never, ever regret giving your life to him and laying your life down for him. You'll never regret the plans and the purposes and the things that you thought you wanted to do. And you said, no, I'm going to follow Jesus and do what he wants. I have my plans and my purposes. I want to go into gospel music and make a difference in the gospel music industry, ministry thing. I have my plans and the things that I wanted to do. But I had to lay all those things down to follow the will of the Lord, to do what he wanted me to do. And I've got to tell you, I've never been so fulfilled in all my life. Today, Rodney stands before you and I'm doing what God has called me to do. Is it easy? Nope. Do I have his power and his strength? Yep. Can I do all things through Christ? Yep. Never regret giving my life to Christ. I wouldn't trade my relationship with Jesus for anything in the world. I've been blessed a hundred times over ever since I came to Christ. And someday when he comes, those, in the, those who are the who's who in this world and first in this life in heaven are going to be the last and it's going to be the who's them. And those who are last in this world is going to be the who's who in heaven. Going to be first. So whatever you give in the name of Jesus... And to the kingdom, you'll receive so much more in the kingdom of heaven. I leave you with this question. Will you turn over your wealth, your dreams, your ability? Will you make Jesus the Lord over every area of your life, including your wallet? Or will you walk away like the rich young ruler? The choice is yours. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.